0: Tell the people what we just did today. We just took a big step in our relationship. Yeah, I <laughs> literally I laughed did. so hard because <laughs> <laughs> I literally was listening
1: to an episode today where I said, I'll never share my location with anyone yeah. ever, ever, ever. I, I don't I...
0: even remember you saying no. that. I don't and listen to you. Today I texted
1: you and I said, I think it's time. I think we should share each other's locations so that we absolutely <laughs> know where we are in case something <laughs> happens. And you share, You barely even answered. You just set your location. I,
0: oh, I had never done it. I said, how do I do it? And so... Joey and I, as of this moment, we will know where we are at all times. I'm going to check
1: your location right now.
0: (laughs) I want to make sure it's really (laughs) you. (laughs) Hi, Joey. Hello. Ellen Myers. Welcome to Obsessive Disappeared, the podcast where Joey Taranto and I recap our favorite ID show, Disappeared, episode by episode. However, I'm going to point out the pink elephant in the room. We're nearing the end. We are. By the time you listen to this episode, we will have had our very first live show at Sony Hall. How how did we do? Oh, it's Satan this
1: time. Uh He was
0: like, It
1: went well.
0: Uh, Thank you, Satan! Satan, did you have VIP tickets (laughs) or general admission? That bitch only came to general admission. But I hope we had a good time.
1: We did. Also, let me tell you, if you're listening to this and you have not bought a ticket to one of our live shows, don't miss out. You are going to have FOMO, I promise, because if there's one thing that Ellen and I succeed at, it is 100% younger young men. Oh. Wait, what? Oh, what did you say? Okay. What were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to say big dummies on stage.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, I'm so sorry. I didn't know what I But honestly, we okay. it's both. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, it's both. both. And if you would like more of Joey and I, please join us on the Patreon. And I actually have to give you all credit because we take your suggestions as to what shows you want us to cover. Y'all are coming through for... Us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that last one was a little dark. Was I was like, dark. ooh, okay,
1: everybody, all right. Do we need a breather? Does yeah. everyone need a Coke slushy?" Every, everyone
0: <laughs> took their midsummer Xanax, and then we came back, and we're doing. <laughs> I almost got away with it. So, if you want a little bit more of me, Joey, with a little more of a light-hearted and a ridiculous tone, please come join us on the Patreon. There are over 100 episodes to download and binge. Also, you get first crack at merch. And first crack at live shows. I kind of think that'd be fun to do a watch party. Does anyone want to do a watch party? Oh my
1: god, let's do it! Can we watch a scary movie though?
0: No, because you, you know I don't like scary movies. Anyway, your life,
1: your life is a scary movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Back onto the show. Onto the show. Season nine, episode two, last words tells the story of the disappearance of Logan Schindelman.
2: A small town high school football star is going through an identity crisis.
0: He was looking for
3: what he wanted to do, who he wanted to be.
2: When he vanishes after a night
4: out. Most people wouldn't just abandon their car on on the interstate.
3: His license and everything in there, I thought, that's too weird.
2: It's a mystery where evidence is scarce.
4: They see somebody jump out the passenger side of the vehicle.
2: I have no idea who these people could have been. Investigators are left stumped and forced to examine a family's controversial past.
4: Logan learned about his father not too long before he disappeared.
2: He wanted to know about this other
5: family.
3: I mean, he, he wanted the truth.
1: So here we are in May of 2016 in Tumwater, Washington, and it's... 7:30 AM. No, thank you. Hail Satan. <laughs> nope. Isn't that what you early morning people say when you wake up at the crack of dawn? They're like, you know what goes great with coffee? Ritual sacrifice. Hail
0: Satan. <laughs> I know there are morning people that are listening. There are some people who will be in the Facebook group at 6:30, and they're like, "Where's my episode?" Yeah, and they're like, "Oh
1: my stars!" There are some people who worship Satan. I can't say that both are mutually exclusive, but I think. We love you morning people, not us. <laughs> so grandmother Ginny Schindelman is here and she's about to head out to her job at the Washington State Department of Ecology. Very interesting. Yeah, it was um, a lot of words. I'd like to hear a lot more about that, but there's no time. Yeah. And um, this <laughs> morning she notices that her grandson, 19-year-old Logan, is up super early.
0: And we see a picture of him, very handsome so young what man. Handsome. Don't worry, I'm not going to say anything gross. He wrote poetry and loved music. I love a sensitive soul.
1: So
2: do I. I love...
0: And then Christopher, we hear this.
2: Friends and family say Logan has always been a guy who could light up the room with his charisma.
0: I, I... Aren't we past this, Christopher? haven't... Grow up, Christopher. Christopher. Grow up. Did nobody say that at my funeral? Someone will be at my funeral and be like, well... At least we don't have to listen to her nasty-ass loud mouth anymore. Coffee and bars. No, nobody's ever going to say that. And please don't. Christopher, do you hear me? Stop it. In
1: Christopher's defense, this was recorded a few years before this podcast started. So we love you, Christopher. Can we reach out to ID to dub over that? Yeah. Couldn't it be like, they were a really nice person. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think we can make a call. Yeah.
4: Logan was the kind of guy that I think just about anybody... Could make friends with him and he'd make friends with them.
2: He's one of those kids that was like never down. He's always laughing. Like we were in the classroom, he's always happy. Everywhere around school, he's laughing, joking, like messing with people. Just like he's just a, a normal high school kid.
0: And his friend Dakota says the same thing. Fun guy, good grades without doing much work. One of those. I hated that. My that, brother, John. Oh, I my God. My niece. Yeah. My niece is like that. Just don't even have to. Go fuck yourself. Shut up. Truly. Go,
1: go read a book. I don't know. Meanwhile, I was fucking Jesse Spano and say by the Bell, eating yeah. caffeine pills. Like,
0: I'm so excited. excited. I'm so excited. And he played football, went to the same champion. Sup, bro? Sup? Sup?
1: You like sports? I like sports. You like to catch a ball? I like balls. You like throwing balls? Yeah, babe. let's throw balls. Two balls at a time? What? Too much? Huh? I think too much.
0: Okay. (laughs) So... We also learned that Logan grew up in a very white area. And Logan will say, this will come up in the episode, is multiracial.
1: Yes, which we can only speak to as bystanders. But what we know is that being multiracial is a singular experience in a place that is especially predominantly
2: white. Well, we say
0: predominantly white, and I got about three quarters of the episode in, and I was like, let me look this number up. Have a seat. In Tumwater, Washington, it is 82.1% white, 4.62% Hispanic, 3.06% Asian, and 2.19% black. Wow. What in the marshmallow fuck? Is going on here, Marsh? I don't know a lot of white marshmallow.
1: Oh, got you. Okay, the
0: marshmallows, yeah, mayonnaise, yeah. I don't know. That, that's 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 a uh, you that's know a lot of white people. It's a lot of white people. Growing up in Oakland, you growing up where you grow, it's just a
1: lot of white people. Absolutely. So that's when we get a little backstory on the family. So. Many years ago, Grandma Jenny had a relationship with an African-American man, and together they had a child named Hannah. And their relationship, sadly, didn't work out, and Hannah didn't really ever know her father for reasons that are not explained to us. Yep.
0: Then Hannah had a son, Logan, with a man from Saudi Arabia. He was working temporarily in the States and then he had to go back. And so Logan also never met his dad as he had to return to Saudi. And it's also stated that the family is unclear if that man, who we don't ever get his name... Knew he even had a son. Yeah. So Hannah had a
1: lot on her hands. She was only 23. So she went to Grandma Jenny, her mother, and asked if she could help out with her daughter, Chloe, and son. Logan. And that was so Hannah could go study at art school and make a better life for them. Yep.
0: And then Ginny says that she became the guardian and she was like, absolutely. Also, I had the better insurance. I was like, do you see (laughs) how many decisions we have to make in our life circulating around healthcare?" Yep. That is wild. Now, I'm just going to point this out as eloquently as I can. There is a bunch of white people that come on this screen who explain to us that Logan Logan didn't feel different being multiracial. And I absolutely believe that 100% of these people that we see loved Logan and were trying to be empathetic, but it just feels weird that they're, saying that he didn't feel weird because I would imagine Logan growing up, again I am speculating, I would imagine they didn't always see that because Logan's family's privilege might have extended to him at times when they were with them. So what I'm trying to say is when he was alone he might have been treated differently than he might have been treated with his white family. So I just want to acknowledge that because I, I felt a little weird but I also recognized that these were all people that deeply loved this young
2: man. Sure. But according to his grandmother, Jenny, towards the end of high school, Logan began to experience something of an identity crisis. There
3: was a party in his senior year where somebody was giving him a bad time about uh, being black. I heard that
5: there were some racist slurs made towards Logan in a joking way. Uh, and he did not take it well.
0: But Grandma Ginny does tell us this one time his senior year, someone gave him a hard time. A girl, actually, that didn't go to their high school kind of expressed some Racial slurs, joking about his dad being from Saudi. And Logan that night like called his grandma and he was just like, can you come pick me up? I don't want to hang out with these kids anymore. I was like, fucking hell. It really
1: sucks. And also that's the other thing is like microaggressions where somebody is like, oh, I'm just joking. Really? Shouldn't we both be laughing? Yeah. You don't know how joking works. Exactly. Yeah. And also it's just like... "Mm." Not anymore.
0: Yeah, and also this girl that was making fun of him, what really, really cut Logan deeply, I'm getting choked up, what really cut him was that his friends didn't stick up for him. And I mean, you and I don't live in a world like that ever. And you can tell a lot of a person's character by how they act in an uncomfortable situation.
1: Absolutely. And you know, what's interesting is is that we are told we don't meet any of these friends other than Dakota, the friend Dakota who's like, I wasn't there. But the other friends say, well, well, we didn't condone it, but we don't hear about anyone speaking up.
0: All to say at that moment I don't think it was that exact moment but around that time Logan just started separating himself from his friends. You know he kind of felt isolated and maybe that was just a catalyst for something you know deeper that was going on with him.
1: Well what landed on me is I was thinking of all these people being like well I don't think he was really bullied for being black or Saudi or any of those things and I'm like I can't imagine that one isolated incident like that would be the catalyst for that kind of turnaround. Because what we find out is, is that he isolated himself from his friend group. He did not text with them. He didn't respond yeah. to texts. He also changed colleges to avoid seeing any of those people. So obviously there was more of a history. And also that speaks to allyship because sometimes people, listen, if I were the only gay person in a room full of straight people and somebody cracked a gay joke at me, I mean, I got a big mouth. I probably will say something. But also having someone else stand up for me before I even get a chance to is very meaningful. Yeah,
0: of course. And it also says,
1: don't fuck with my friend. Yeah. So I feel like Logan was, going through more than what we are told in the episode.
0: Yeah, I agree.
2: Logan found a new group of friends at college and seemed to be enjoying himself. But by the end of the year, the good times caught up with him. It was first
5: year away from home freedom, and he wasn't doing so well in
3: college. He wasn't going to class. His grades weren't good enough to go back, so he couldn't go back. I don't think he quite realized all the
0: consequences
3: of not doing any homework.
0: He does what every freshman does. They party. Well, they do party. But Christopher said the good times caught up with him. I was like, oh, Christopher, we've all had those good times. It's like when you open the refrigerator and you're like, whoa, 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 that light. Wow. That light is aggressive. It's like that night that we went to Ariba, Ariba,
1: (gasps) and I drank all y'all under the table. I was the only one who was not hungover. And the next day you were like... My My teeth hurt. Your tongue Every, was stuck to the roof of your mouth for days. Everything
0: hurt. My toenails were throbbing. I was hurting. <laughs> I swear, that was worse than bottom shelf tequila. We got so margarita drunk. Three of us were hurting and you were fine. I was like, I'm going for a jog. Yeah, I, it was like 6 p.m. <laughs> I was like, can that sunset calm the fuck down? <laughs> oh, well, anyway, the good times caught up to him. And... He didn't really know what he wanted to do, which, hear me, people. Yes. Take a gap year. I agree. Listen, I'm about to drop some wisdom. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Life is scary. Thank you all for listening to our podcast. <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, get used to it. I mean, making any kind of life changes like that is scary as fuck. But you know what is scarier? Regret.
1: Hey, let me tell you. My whole life, I knew I wanted to be an actor. Mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to sing. I knew I wanted to be on stage. I wanted to be on TV, film. I wanted to do all the things. Mm-hmm. And I was too chicken shit. I got no support because my parents didn't want me involved in that business. I didn't pursue it until I was 27 years old. Right. I didn't start working until I was 28 years old in that field. So what I'm saying is, it's like, I was lucky because I always knew what I wanted to do, but I just had some bumps in the road. There are some people who it takes them a long time yeah. to figure out what they're passionate about. And I want to say, take the time because... Don't waste all the time doing what you think you should do or what's going to make your parents proud or solely you're going to make a lot of money on because you will burn out fast. Yeah. Find out what makes you happy and pursue
0: that. Yeah.
1: Is that what you were saying?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, it's like... <laughs> So it's spring 2016. That's the morning we left off on. And Grandma Ginny is, you know, she's in the kitchen. She's going off to work. And she's like, Logan is awake. And she's like, oh, good morning.
5: Oh, wait. Oh. You're
0: not just waking up. You're just coming home, you little rascal. I mean. You little silly goose. And she's like, what have you been doing? And he says, I've been driving around.
2: Yeah. On the morning of May 19th, as she's about to leave for work, His grandmother, Ginny, discovers Logan was out late the night before, and she can tell he has something serious on his mind.
3: He was just really nervous, which he isn't usually, kind of on a mission. And I said, well, talk to me about it when I get home from work. I figured he'd be home that evening.
1: Now, Grandma Ginny has to go to work, Yeah. but he was like, I've had an epiphany. And she was like, okay. I want to hear about it, but I do have to go to work right now. And when I come home, we're going to pick up this conversation. I
0: mean, that's the worst when you really are like, I know we need to sit in for this conversation and I want to be here for you. I mean, we all do it. You know, I'm sure she replays that moment over and over in her mind that she didn't just sit down, but sometimes you can't. You're just like, I don't want to rush this. I want to sit. I want to hear you because she had noted he had felt, you know, nervous and fidgety, which is me after a cold brew. So I get it. But she was like, that was a big mistake. I was like, it's okay, Grandma Jenny. Yeah, because
1: it was sadly the last time she ever saw Logan. Yeah. So when she gets home that night, she's eager to hear what's bothering Logan. She wants to hear about this epiphany, but he's not there. And neither is his car.
0: Right. A couple hours pass. No Logan. She checked his location, which I know how to do now. Yeah, you do. Look at you. Let me see where you are. Hold on. Is this even you? Yeah. (laughs) So on Logan's phone, she sees that he's near Olympia. Now his mom, Hannah, lives in Olympia and she's like, oh, all right. So he's chilling with his mom. It's okay.
1: Or on his way to his mom. Sure. And the next day she wakes up and he's not there. And that's unusual because he would visit his mom, but he never spent the night at his mom's place. Right. So now she's like, well, I'm going to call my daughter, Hannah, Logan's mom. And she says he wasn't ever here.
0: Yeah, but she's like, the phone is still there. The phone is still near Hannah, but she's never seen him. He had this epiphany. I don't know what it is. So Grandma Jenny's like, wait, what's going on? And she
1: knows that he's upset. You know, he'd been talking a lot about trying to figure out, who am I? Yeah. Where where, where do I fit in? What do I want to do? He was a little bit lost.
0: And she knew that he was smoking pot a lot. She, you know, says it really casually, which, you know, they're in Washington. Is it legal there? I think
1: it is. At that point, if it was, I don't know if it was legal at that point yet. But... I mean, weed smoking is very common. And so Grandma Ginny starts making calls.
0: And now two days pass and no one has seen him. And she finally goes to the sheriff to report him. And she says that it wasn't manned. Yeah, there was nobody there like, you know what? We're yeah. going to call it a night. Yeah. Can we just come back Monday? We'll see you all Monday. Yeah. Put
1: up the gone fishing sign.
0: Yeah. How does it just close? It's fine. It's fine. We're going to close. Yeah. We're gonna, I need a night. Okay. But
1: she also said like, well, I wasn't sure that I should call 911 because to me at that point, it didn't merit a 911 call. Now I can understand and not understand that all at the same time. One being where people are like, I'm terrified. I'm going to call 911, and you know what? If he shows up, he shows up, but I'm still going to do my due diligence and call 911. And then I understand the other side of it where it's like, he's fine. You're in denial or like— I'm sure he'll show up. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yes, I understand that you don't want to panic and go to a place. Yeah. Do you know what my middle name is? What? I mean, it's Marie, but I was going to say panic. (laughs) Because Marie directly translates to panic in la Greek. Oh. Mm? In the Greek. It's part Latin, part Greek. Most people don't know it. It's fine. You didn't learn about it in Louisiana. Keep going. Yeah, Google
1: it. You have it. So she waits till Monday. Yeah to go to the sheriff's office and to report Logan missing. And that's when we meet Detective Frank. They never told us how to pronounce... Frawley. I think it's Frawley. Frawley. Okay. Who says...
4: We get the pertinent information. We always ask for the name, date of birth. We always ask what they were last seen wearing. And then any scars, marks, tattoos. And then any associated vehicles with the person.
1: Cool, cool, cool. So, you do what everyone learned to do in Detective 101 on day one of class. Thank you for sharing this groundbreaking approach. We uh, honestly.
0: <laughs> now, listen, gather around. Ask for their name. Oh, oh, write this down. Yeah, okay, write, the... write it down. A recent picture if they have it. Wait, does it? Please stop for a second. Does anyone yeah. have a pencil? Yeah, my no, pencil broke. Start over. Okay. Ask their You know, we've been in this for nine seasons, yeah. right? We've Thank seen you. some shit. Yeah. I have been to war and yeah. back on this show. Yeah. Are you going to tell us to toast the bread before
1: we put our butter on it, too? <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, listen, you can't tie your laces till the shoes go on. Oh, my God. Should I write that down? Do it again. You can't tie the laces. We love you, Detective Thank Frank. Thank you, Detective it's fine, Frank, for anything. literally
1: telling us nothing.
0: So they run his plate and something comes up. Detective Frank tells us the car had been impounded three days before. I was like, wait, three days before. How
1: far out are we? Yeah, that's the day after he went missing. So what happened is that his car had been found abandoned on the highway about 10 miles from his home in Tumwater. And so they're like, his car's at the pound. You can go pick it up. So she goes and picks it up and they go through the car. They find his wallet, his driver's license, debit card, cell phone, a few bags of Groceries all in his car. And
0: they were like, wait, where is he? His license was there. But also they just impounded the car and they never processed it. And when I heard that, I was like, wait, why didn't they process it? But it was just like a stalled car on the side of the road. They They had no
1: reason to think it belonged to a missing person.
0: Right. And then Detective Frank Frawley says we treated it like a typical missing persons case. And I was like, I mean, again, I have been doing this since the Reagan administration. (laughs) And tell me how that all works because he says well he wasn't a danger to himself I was like how do Right. He wasn't a danger to others. How do you know? None of this is really typical, because none of it is ever typical. No two cases are ever the same. Now that they know Logan is being
1: treated as a missing person, they can't process the car for forensic and get information in the way they need because the evidence has been tampered with. Well, contaminated. They didn't
0: tamper. Oh, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, it's okay. You got pretty blue eyes. So they... You guys look
1: at his <laughs> You are wearing a nightgown.
0: You complimented it's it. It's beautiful. I look.
2: Trying to piece together what may have happened out on the freeway, investigators pore over the report on the abandoned car. What sticks out is a nine one one call that came in, reporting a bizarre incident
4: on the I five freeway. They see a vehicle traveling slow on the interstate veering through the different lanes of the highway.
1: Well, so this car was veering and then eventually it veered all the way to the middle barrier on the highway
0: and then it stopped. Right. And the person who reported this said they saw the driver open and then close the door, knock it out, just open and close it, jump over to the passenger seat and go out the door. My question is, how did this person see all that? I would imagine all of that took place in what? Six seconds? Yeah. Right? Like, one Mississippi, two Mississippi. Like, how did this person see that whole three-act play happen right in front of them? Yeah, because most you, highways, you're going, what, 60 miles per hour? Yeah. I mean, me, you know, 90 in Virginia. Yep. But, you know, if you're going by and it just, like, passes, how did you see all that? And after they saw him jump out of the passenger side he skadoooshes into the woods. Again, that's a lot of information to see in a very short amount of time, I would imagine.
1: From a witness, unless they slowed way the fuck down and had been trailing him for a while. So two things that stuck out to investigators were this. One, the grocery bags were in the passenger side. And in order to get over to the passenger side... He would have had to, like, squish the bags a little bit, right? But they remained perfectly intact. Yeah, and then if someone
0: someone packed that all weird, you know what I mean? Like, if they put, like, the bread on the bottom or something like that, and then the fruit on top, and then the bread squishes, and then it gets all uneven, and, like, the bread's no longer a square. It's, like, a rhombus like that.
1: Sorry, I lost consciousness for a second there. Um, picky bag person here. Picky shopper.
0: Can you can you put the eggs on top? Yeah. The
1: people Thank see you. you walk into Trader Joe's in Jersey City. They're like, there she is. Do you better fucking. Who's she going to go to? If you put her bread at the bottom, she will go apeshit. Yes, yeah, she will lose her shit. And also the other thing is, is that the description they got was that of a white man who was six foot.
0: None of that matches the description of Logan, but they gave the car back to her. And so they decide to search the area that the car was found in. Now... (laughs) Oh my God. Detective Frank Frawley? Frawley? Yep. Yep. Okay, so he decides to take ID on this search, and I want to give you a perspective on what they're doing here with the camera. Now, imagine Frank is about, like, six or seven, like, thousand paces away from the camera. <laughs> they are. Like, they wanted the widest angle possible. This this man is quite literally in another zip code. He's yep. like, let's go! <laughs> like he's two towns over, and they're still trying to videotape him. <laughs> like it took me a second to figure out why they took that shot
1: so far. and then I realized what, why what? this man has all the charisma of a roach right before it gets stepped on <laughs> because they were like, we can't get any closer because he is dead in the eyes. <laughs> He has, he does not want to be here. He is very uncomfortable on camera. Just pan
2: wide. Yeah, it was. Why? It was
0: so funny. Do you remember that moment in A League of Their Own where they're showing all of the peaches and then they have Marla Hooch like out in center field and they're like, and there's Marla Hooch. And she's like, hey. And she's like so far back because they don't want to show her. (laughs) Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but what did they
1: say? Marla Hooch. And
3: how about Marla Hooch? What a hitter.
1: It's very good. Well, basically, they tell us that they had cadaver dogs from that point where his car was abandoned on the highway, and they were not able to come up with anything that indicated what happened or where Logan was. They ended up getting helicopters and that have, like what was it, heat? uh, The
0: sonar. Yes, heat, heat sonar. What? The official term is the heat sonar recognition technology. Yes, Just thank say you.
1: that. Heat sonar technology. <laughs> heat sonar recognition technology. Heat sonar. I made all that up. You are a monster. Okay. You are a monster. <laughs> I'm trying to do this justice. <laughs> and so now the investigators start chatting with who Logan was closest to. I never met any of his
3: friends or co-workers. After he got back, if he, if he met up with them, he went someplace and met them. He did spend a lot of time at home. He was watching movies and listening to music in his room quite a bit.
2: His grandmother, Jenny, says Logan was meeting people online.
3: He had a couple people he'd met that way, but he hadn't actually physically gone and met up with them.
0: Yeah, they start talking to his friends and co-workers and like they say this really sad thing. They were like, he didn't really have a lot of friends. Yeah. And I think that was by choice. I think he oh, really, yeah. you know, separated himself. And Grandma Ginny said he was meeting some people online, which is great. He had been speaking to a woman in Oregon on like a dating app, but they also had never met up. Which was a little sad. I feel like he was just going through a moment where he was just being a little, you know, to himself.
1: So on May 21st, two days after Logan goes missing, police get a 911 call about a man fitting Logan's description who was seen walking naked around a neighborhood that was known for a lot of drug use, specifically crack.
0: Yeah, and he was stumbling a little, you know, and so that sighting doesn't really yield any leads. And they check his cell phone records and they kind of ping his phone to sort of try and find where he was going, and he was going south for a bit, and then he was going back north, back to Tumwater. And then we know that about 3.45 on May 20th, that's when his cell phone dies, and there's no more activity after that.
1: So later that day, they find Logan's car abandoned on the highway with the phone inside. Investigators aren't able to find any leads until a week later on May 26th, when there's a development on social media.
2: A provocative lead surfaces on social media detectives discover that Logan may have checked in on Facebook from the airport only a few miles from his home. According to his family, he may have been seeking out his estranged father who lives in Saudi Arabia. But they question how that could be possible when his wallet was left in the car.
3: You have to have your driver's license, some form of ID to get out of the country.
0: And Christopher calls this a provocative lead. Are you okay, Christopher? (laughs) I mean, I don't know if that's... How did I miss that? Yeah, a provocative lead. I was like, sir, you have officially run out of adjectives. He's just reading the script. We learned that there was some activity on his Facebook page at the airport. And that's where we learned that he had only recently learned about his dad that was, you know, from Saudi Arabia, we assume still in Saudi Arabia. And Grandma Ginny said, I mean, he didn't mention anything about going to learn about his dad. And I actually paused at that moment. And I was like, I mean, in my head, I was like, I mean, Grandma Ginny, with all due respect, he probably didn't say much to you. You know, there are just things you don't talk about. And then I pushed play again and she's like, not that he would tell me if he did. I was (laughs) like, Grandma Ginny, you're all right. Grandma Ginny's a dumb bitch. She actually knows what's up. I'm a real bitch.
1: That's right. Absolutely. And so the family and investigators are wondering, like, was he trying to go find his dad? Yeah. And the confusing part is that they keep saying he may have checked in from the airport and so at this point i was like wait what do you mean he may have checked in at the airport he either did or he or he didn't Also, his wallet was left behind. He didn't have his ID. He didn't have his
0: ID. And Grandma Ginny was like, actually, also, his passport needed to be renewed. And we hadn't done that. So did he change his name? Did he change his identity? What's going on?
1: Well, it turns out that all of this gets put to rest because, well, Logan had not checked into the airport. It was a memory that Facebook had generated from him checking in a year ago when he had been traveling.
0: Why do you do that, Facebook?
1: I know. Facebook
0: is like, here's a picture of your ex when you were happy and your dead cat from four years ago. Happy Wednesday. Do you know how
1: much I get that? Even on my iPhone now. Your iPhone does it. Yeah,
0: why? Stop doing that. Nobody cares. They're like, eight years ago, you had a really shitty day. Remember when you got arrested? Yeah. Here's that picture. Here you go. Oh, wait. Here's a picture of July 4th last
1: year in Florida with you and your dad. You were really happy. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. He's
0: dead now. Appreciate it. (laughs) My dad's dead too. Wow. Wow. Okay. So Anyway! anyway so. <laughs> if you don't laugh, you just cry. So they're just kind of like bummed at that. And an and understandable, you know, mistake. So now they start to talk and kind of wonder about his pot use. And if that was, you know, causing him some kind of paranoia. And again, Grandma Ginny knows what's up.
3: I thought about him being on the verge of a mental breakdown somewhat. And that was the epiphany took him off into some kind of strange direction. I know that that's when schizophrenia has a tendency to hit, and I think with young men more than women.
0: And, you know, that all makes sense. She's no dummy. You know, was he struggling? Did he harm himself? He was starting to get paranoid that he thought people
1: were watching him. Yeah. He thought there were somebody, like, in his window watching him. He started locking the door. And so paranoia of being watched, or just paranoia of that level, is often symptomatic of a specific mental health Issue, and he could have been self medicating with pot. It's very common.
0: So I mean, but I would like it does to say, give us a
1: window into his mind, a small window.
0: But I would like to say I have had some bouts of. I wouldn't call it paranoia, but my brain can work against me sometimes. All when of us, I, but consistently, yeah. eh, you know, that's a thing. And. Now, great-uncle Mike says he didn't love living at Grandma Jenny's, but not for the reason that you think I thought they were going to say, you know, she was older, she was out of touch or whatever. That's not the case.
5: When Logan came back from college, I spoke with him a couple times. And the first thing that Logan told me was, you know, my sister's
2: boyfriend has moved in, don't you? Logan's half-sister Chloe's boyfriend. Jake and his two kids had taken up residence in the Schindelman home. According to Logan's great aunt and uncle, Logan was not happy about living under the same roof as Jake and his children.
0: Logan's half-sister, Chloe, and her boyfriend and his two kids had moved into Grandma Ginny's house too. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of
1: people. Also, Logan and Jake did not get along. Right. Jake had a history of violence.
0: Well, first they say he had a troubled past. Right. Now, I consider people who have a troubled past to be, you know, people who fail their learner's permit and take their parents out, you know, to go have Strawberry Hill Boone's Farms in the field. That's a troubled past. Now, I don't... Where
1: the fuck what? did you come up with that scenario?
0: What? I failed my driver's test. Yeah.
1: I'm going to go get some Strawberry boons Farm yeah. and drink it in a field. With,
0: like, my friends? I... That's, like, a troubled past. I don't put domestic violence under the same umbrella as a troubled past. No! This guy was convicted of
1: felony assault in 2013, and so... Obviously, his extended family worries that Jake might have been involved in Logan's disappearance yeah, somehow. Yeah,
0: I'm just saying, domestic violence in your past, present, or future is not troubling to me. That no. is something that I will not fucking put up with. Absolutely. So, I have a feeling it's that disturbing. was- disturbing. Yeah, I have a feeling that was glossed over a little bit. Logan might have been worried for, you know, his sister or his grandmother or himself, yeah. you
1: know? And Grandma Jenny says, like, I think the family exaggerated because I lived with them. I saw what happened. And actually, they had, you know, gotten into some arguments but there was never any physical altercation.
0: These are times when I think, I don't think we're getting the whole story here.
1: Oh, I felt that through this entire episode. I was like, we are getting bits and pieces, and we'll never know. We'll never get the whole truth.
2: By October of 2016, Logan has been missing for five months. When Jake lands in jail for violating his probation, police take the opportunity to follow through on Great Uncle Mike and Great Aunt Mary's suspicions.
4: We did do a polygraph on him. And so I asked him, did he have anything to do with the disappearance of Logan? And I asked him if he knew who was responsible for Logan's disappearance. And he answered no, both of them.
0: sit down you want to take a poly about you know logan going missing and they say he passes (laughs) down bitch great uncle mike is like i don't buy it i know people who can pass a poly i was like oh shit oh yeah because he used to be a sheriff he was a retired sheriff yeah and it doesn't seem like jake has anything to do with logan disappearing but the family still doesn't like him and i stand by that so now they're just confused what would he leave about you know Now, we kind of dabble into the fact that the family either kept him away from or didn't really support him investigating or finding out more about his Black roots.
1: Yes. And that's when we meet Logan's great-aunt Tina, but her lower third says Mary, very confused. Yeah. Uh... Well,
0: I gotta say, I don't know how it showed up on yours, but all of a sudden we hear,
1: He wanted to know about this other family. I mean, he... He wanted the truth.
0: And then it went to commercial. And I was like, ma'am, this is like a late season reveal. There's like this beautiful black woman. ID, you saucy little minx. You know how to keep it spicy. So, and then it just goes to commercial. I'm like, who's that woman in the blue sweater? Actually, do you know what color that sweater was?
1: What?
5: What you don't know is that that sweater is not just blue. It's not... Turquoise, it's not lapis. It's actually cerulean.
0: (laughs) She was wearing, she was
1: wearing cerulean. It looked great on her. It did look great. (laughs) So Aunt Tina is Logan's great aunt, and she's like, listen.
3: You know, it would have benefited Logan to know the African-American side of his family. It would give him a sense of identity.
2: Tina Crary's brother is Hannah's father and Logan's grandfather
5: I don't think he knew about Tina or that other other part of his family.
1: I think he was totally shocked that they even existed. And she wasn't even sure that Logan knew about them. But it would have been important so that Logan could have a sense of identity, of course. Yeah. As he got older.
0: I also started to wonder where Mama Hannah was. Yes. And they also don't name a lot of people. For example, they say Tina was Hannah's... Father's sister, yeah. Right? So
1: Grandma Ginny's sister-in-law. Yeah, but they would they, have they, been they weren't like
0: naming these for whatever you know privacy reasons. It was just you know it was confusing because this family tree is you know extended and we're trying to understand. So he didn't really know anyone on that side of the family. We know that Ginny had cut ties with Hannah's dad and his family. But shortly after 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 she had Hannah. Hannah was born, and Jenny was like, they actually didn't really reach out to me. She says that they tried
1: for about six months, but that it didn't work out. And it's parts of this story, too, that just feels like we're not getting all the information. Obviously, there's more to this story. And you know, family dynamics are extremely complicated, especially scenario. (laughs) Especially when kids are involved and the parents part ways. So before Logan left for college, he did meet his his aunt Tina for the first time. He was invited to her house for dinner and he got to look at pictures. And aunt Tina was like, he said to me, it's nice to see someone who looks like me.
0: Oh my God. Yeah, I got of course a it lump is. in my throat. Now, This is a delicate conversation and it comes with so many different, you know, consideration. But I just I kept going back to all his unanswered questions. That meeting with Aunt Tina must have just been so special for him. Yeah. you you,
1: You feel seen. Yeah. Also, because even though, you know, if he was raised in a great home with great family who surrounded him and loved him, when he moves to the world, he doesn't move like his family yeah. does. It's a different experience. And to, so I'm sure he bonded. To have someone who has that shared experience, it's so meaningful.
0: Yeah. Okay, now again, we're getting two sides of the story. So let's just lay this out because we're recapping. Aunt Tina said Logan had mentioned that he was nervous that Grandma Ginny wouldn't like him spending time or speaking with Tina. And Grandma Ginny was like, no, I knew he was at Tina's house. You know, the family didn't want to have a relationship, but I love Logan. I wanted the best for him. And if he wanted to reach out to that side of the family I was fine with that.
1: And she goes even further and says that, well, why is Aunt Tina always complaining about you? Mm. It's a lot of he said, she said, and I really can't stand that. I really have very little time for it. My heart just goes out to Logan because... There's a song by Michael W. Smith, who was a Christian artist, that was very meaningful to me when I was young. I mean, it probably came out when I was, like, 10, and it's called My Place in This World. And truly, like, I feel like that is the defining thing of Logan here is, like, he was trying to find his place yeah. in the world. And I think that that's the focus. Like, family bullshit and, like, the fights and the back and forth, like, we all have it in our families. Of I cannot stand it. But, yes, I'm, my, I keep thinking about Logan and just being like, I just want to find my place without the arguments or the family drama. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: of course. Yeah. It's sad when, and not just this family, it's sad when families can't come together for the yep. greater good.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So then after that meeting, Logan and Tina, you know, Logan was off to college and Logan and Tina didn't see each other after that. But they chatted on social media. You know, Tina had, you know, you know, reacted and messaged on his post. She did notice that his social media post started posting more about his, you know, newfound discovery of his blackness, posting pictures and quotes from, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King, yeah. Malcolm X. And she she noticed that, which I thought was very, you know, yeah. you, you see people, you know, finding themselves, discovering yourself, and what you want to put out there into the world, which in this day and age, I mean, this was not too long ago, is through social media. Absolutely.
1: And also, I understand that because... It's not comparable in in every way, but in some ways, like being gay, when I finally came out and got older and I could express myself and lean into my queerness and express that side of me and understand gay culture and those who came before me, because I wasn't educated on that, Mm -hmm. I had to get that from my elders, my queer elders, and he was starting to get that. So I understand, like, it's like a key to who you are that you haven't had access to for whatever reason, and that's not to say that Grandma Jenny or anybody else in his family didn't try, but to have someone who is like I'm not talking from just what I've learned. I'm talking from what I've learned with my experience yeah. as a person of color. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: absolutely. When you get your gay manual, is Barbara Streisand on the cover uh, or Lady Gaga? Several chapters, but on the cover, who's on the cover? Oh, oh, I probably would say Judy. And it's called uh, So You Want to Be a Gay Guy. <laughs> what is it called? <laughs> so you think you can gay. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> I have yet to see that um, that book, Judy.
2: Thirteen months after Logan went missing, a new lead surfaces when a woman calls police after seeing media coverage of his disappearance.
4: She remembered the vehicle sitting there on the shoulder. Now she sees that there's a black male standing at the rear of the vehicle, and then she sees two um, white males.
2: The eyewitness describes one man As tall, with scraggly, bowl-cut hair, all she could see of the second man was that he had long, blonde hair.
0: So... It's June 2017, over a year later, and some woman comes out of the woodwork and says, you know that day a year ago where there was that young, you know, missing man's car? I saw that car on the freeway, but I remember it a little differently. She said there was a tall black man standing, like, behind the car, like at the trunk of the car, and two white men were with him. Yes, and then they
1: bring this witness to a sketch artist who makes a composite, it. it really doesn't bring in any new leads. They post it all over social media. I, I'm like, where were you a year ago? Yeah,
0: that it's so weird. Also, I will never understand a composite sketch. I don't know how you just describe someone and draw a picture of that description. Because this composite sketch looks like Liam Gallagher of Oasis. <laughs> I said, baby. Then Detective Frawley says...
4: Since the sketch has gone out, we've had some people say it looks like this person looks like that person.
0: Did anyone say Liam Gallagher? (laughs) Cause after all, you're my wonderful. And that's kind of like where it ends, you know, the last couple minutes of these shows always break my heart. You know, the family just saying how you go on without them and you wonder if they're okay. Logan's family was like,
1: look, if you are out there, and you want to be left alone, that's fine. We'll respect it. We just want to know that you're okay. It's really sad the case has gone cold and there's just been nothing.
0: So if you have any information on Logan, please contact the authorities at Thurston County Sheriff's Department at 360-704-2740. Say something funny. Also, there is a
1: section in the Gay Guidebook oh. that says it's like a a lookout for uh-huh. be on the lookout yeah, for. Yeah. It's oh. a bolo section. A bolo section. Yeah, and it basically says anyone from Jersey City, uh- anyone who with an attitude, who's Italian, uh-huh. and anyone who goes live on Instagram to have people help them pick out their kitchen tiles. <gasps> bow 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 ba da da.
0: <laughs> I get insecure about my interior design abilities, but the people of In- Instagram agreed with me. It was on TikTok, actually. It was on TikTok. And I was high
1: as hell, and I was like, what is she doing? I, I, I got
0: something to say. I needed some help. But if you want to go live with me on Instagram or watch me go live and help me pick out my tiles, please feel free to follow me at Ellen Marsh. You can find me on TikTok at Ellen Marie Marsh. You can find me and Joey on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter at The Disappeared Pod or Obsessed with Disappeared. Please
1: follow our TikTok. We've upped our game on TikTok, and we're about to up our game even more. We'll tell you more on that later. More
0: on that later. But
1: we're having a lot of fun on TikTok.
0: And Joey is at itsjoeytoranto.com. If you are having fun Dot with- Dot uh, It's- My yeah. website? Yeah. Come find my website, It's itsjoeytoranto.com. Doesn't and, exist. And his AIM username is- <laughs> pretty boy 24601 oh, also if you can leave us a five star review on iTunes and write a little sentence about us that helps other true crime down bitches find our podcast it just kind of bumps us up in the iTunes algorithm so if you could take two minutes and give us compliments that's our love language yeah and if you don't have anything nice to say go review TCO <laughs> <laughs> just kidding don't you dare and we hope to see you at our live shows We will be in Orlando September 11th and Dallas September 15th. And of course, we will be with all our true crime best friends at ObsessFest. Go to ObsessFest.com if you have not gotten those tickets. And you can go to the Disappeared pod and click the See Us Live link. I cannot wait to be on stage
1: with you. It's going to be so good. I'm telling you, don't miss it. And also, if you're nervous about coming by yourself, do not be, because no down bitch will get left behind. You are going to meet all your true crime besties and more.
0: And we can't wait to see you. Thank you so much, down bitches. We love you so much. I love you, Joey. I love you, Ellen. We'll love you, guys. Love you, DBs. Bye. Bye. Just
1: Ellen. It, me walking into the fucking Trader Joe's and being like, Ellen, are you okay? She's like, the bread. Not the
0: bread. <laughs> the bread. Sorry. <gasps> I just like kicked down the roasted seaweed station. <laughs> Is it Schindel Hyman? Schindle Hyman? <laughs> Yeah, that's it.
1: Not a Schindle Hyman.
0: <laughs> my, Hy- Doctor, my Hyman. Doctor, my Hyman's Schindling. Stop it. Hi, Jennifer. <laughs> Is it episode two? There's a shindel in my Hyman. Okay. Uh, Jennifer. <laughs>
1: Um, And so when she gets high, when she gets home that night, when she gets high,
0: new podcast. (laughs) Grandma's smoking (laughs) grass. Grandma's
1: smoking a (laughs) doo-doo. When she gets high. You're going by like what?
0: Mm -hmm. Like that. I don't know. That was really good. You
1: should do voiceover work. Um, So, um, uh. So they just ah, like, ah, fuck you, Ellen. <laughs> no, fuck you, okay?
0: This is so difficult. Uh, but that, so but the problem but is... Put that in I'll text Jennifer.
1: Y'all, if I take even a breath, <laughs> hesitate for a second. Ellen stares at me for a second and goes,
0: so moving on, we're going on the ding. And then August 29th, I'm like, come on. Give me a fucking second to finally Oh, She's pinging in these headphones oh, no, today. Oh, anyway, my stars. So the
1: problem is, is that...